Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Music by Kevin McLeod. Hey, man, let's go on a bike ride. Come on. Look at, look at my new wheel. They're sweet. Bicycle. There are really just two types of people. Those who say, I can't. And those who say, I can. These people have been summoned here by themselves for their 1,700 different reasons. Their unity comes from their mantra, I can. And their destination, a place they absolutely have to get to. What they will do to get there is monumental by anyone's standards, even their own. Dude, you're not going to believe this. I stopped off for a drink, thought I'd relax, and my local pub was infested by... Pack Filler! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pack Filler Podcast. We are outside. We are in an actual live venue, and uh, we have some friends who are late. But um, we're at the Lantern Tavern in Spokane, South Perry District, which is quite possible why you're going to hear some... Wonderful trucks passing by at different times, but that's what kind of makes it fun. But you pay for the ambiance, Pat. Absolutely. This is one of the coolest little pubs in Spokane, I personally think. And or we could probably contest this one. But uh, Oh, no. But I think it's a lot of fun. But uh, welcome, everybody, to the uh, Lantern Pub. Welcome to the Pack Filler Podcast. Hi online to our video friends who are, who are catching up to us. Thanks for everybody here. We have a special guest in-house today. And... Um, some of you might know him. Well, a lot of our friends who don't know him from overseas, and we have some audience members who, who aren't from the Spokane area, but but here we have uh, in the garden here, we have uh, Spokane City Councilman and editor uh, and publisher, if I'm not mistaken, cool. of Out There Magazine, uh, John Snyder. Welcome, John. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for ordering up such beautiful weather. Exactly. We did that on purpose. Yeah. Had it been raining, this could have been a problem. Well, for for those with outgrounded microphones, but other than that, <laughs> this would have been a problem. If those of you don't know, those of you from Australia who and our Wi-Fi connection could be a little funky today, but we are at the Lantern Tavern. We're good. This is I am 
I like to take some of the credit here because I discovered this place from my old neighborhood, the Perry Street neighborhood. We're going to talk about that, I think, with John a little bit because we're looking at revitalizing certain areas in Spokane, and that's part of the plan, and this is part of the plan. But I moved here about five years ago, and it was a lot different neighborhood five years ago. They changed the streets, they changed the parking, and they put in a pub. Now, the thing about the pub is it was actually a pretty hotly contested deal. And the Lantern made it happen because they served microbrews and catered to a certain crowd and really made a thriving little business here. And they also created a neighborhood where people talk to each other. So it's a pretty neat deal. I, I can't plug the Lantern enough. I think it's one of the most amazing places I've ever been. I think Spokane is kind of getting a reputation for tiny bars. Yeah. The oh. baby bar downtown yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And the, the riff. And okay, now the lantern. So yeah. go tiny bars. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, just to let anybody who might show up, we have some people maybe listening on their smartphones on the way here. We have some friends here who are also here. We do have a mic for audience participation. So as things get going, we'll, we'll let that happen. Um, before we start, a little information about the show. First of all, thanks to uh, one of our sponsors, the Sufferfest. If you have not tried out a Sufferfest video, you have not bled through your eyeballs yet. Uh, my, so Tuesday, my Tuesday was um, characterized as downward spiral because I didn't have enough daylight when I got done with work. These and are, if you don't know what downward spiral is, yeah. you wouldn't understand. Yeah, they're on our homepage. You can check them out. Thanks to them for the sponsorship. We are, of course, on iTunes. Please log on, rate us, review us. Uh, first page of the... The cycling podcast now, and I uh, now triathlon podcast and things like that. So Tour de France for the, coverage too, and Tour de France coverage, which cracks me up because we didn't talk about this. I think Tour we had maybe an hour <laughs> out yeah. of twenty-four shows. We had an hour of Tour de France coverage. Yeah, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter at Packfiller or Packfiller.com. Be sure and check it out. Um, did you get Stitcher? Did you get Stitcher? I did get Stitcher. I like Stitcher. Stitcher's good. Stitcher's fun. Yeah, exactly. So I love the strangers' looks as they walking by too. It's always kind of a fun thing to look at. Um, a, a confession. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. I, I Take your time. I love dead air. It's awesome. I've been running. What? Who are you? And what have you done with Pat? I've been running. People who are familiar with this show know that what? I hate running. Wait, wait. I only run when chased, and I have been doing it lately. And it running. has been stupid. Running for what? I mean, what, like, why, what would possess Did you to run? Like, let me get this straight. You're going out. Like, you put on running shoes, I'm yeah. guessing. And then you're leaving the front door, yeah, correct? And you're going, horrible. and you'll do some sort of a loop or an out and back. Yeah. And then you'll like be done, and that'll be your your work. There'll be no bike yep. involved. Did the uh, no pool? Did the uh, Trifusion 5K uh, oh. yesterday, which was a great race. And uh, if you're if you're one of our listeners and you're in the Spokane area, go out and check those out because that's a it's been a great series of races, and it's out North Spokane. Um, a lot of people showing up to that, and that's been a lot of fun. Wow. You know, I the the. I think the Trifusion 5K, uh, Hot Summer Nights 5K, does need to give some credit because this started really, I know exactly how it started because I was on the board of Trifusion when we started it. And it just started like, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's try a series of 5K races. And it started with like 40 people. 40 people showed up, and it was a great race. It's a $5 race. I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but it's got to be, they're not trying to make money because it's a $5 race. Yeah. It's a five dollar race, and that's the point of the race is that they're putting on a race that everybody can do. At the end, there's T-shirts. Every night, there's giveaways up to one hundred seventy-five dollars in pizza, running shoes, everything you could ever imagine is there for five bucks. 
and they're up to 277 people last night. And that's not including spectators. So, I mean, you're there, yeah. and literally the venue is getting too small. That's the problem. Rockstar's coming out, giving free drinks. It's, I mean, it's really a pretty amazing event, and I always love to plug our folks at Trifusion. You bet. It's near and dear to me. You bet. So we have our wonderful guest who's sitting here probably confused as to when he's going to finally get to talk. But, um, John, just for a little bit of a background out there and then the councilman work that you've been doing for the city um let's just start off you know fluff for those of us who in, for those outside of spokane or for those in spokane who live in a hole where did the whole out there concept come from and what was the creation of that well you know i grew up in spokane and left for about 10 years to pursue uh different jobs and always knew i wanted to come back because i i just have always loved it here and when i did come back I got into a lot of conversations with folks who had not grown up here, but had moved here for various reasons. And I kind of asked them, well, why? You know, what? I'm just curious, you know, why? And almost always people would say something to do with the outdoors, whether yeah. it was the, the cycling, the, the trail running, the skiing, the lakes, it, the, fi the fly fishing. It was just a reoccurring theme that that was a big draw. Hey, Wyatt, how you doing? <laughs> we um, are outside. <laughs> the uh, uh, that that led me to think that maybe there was a niche that was not being filled by the local media. And I've been in consumer magazines for a very long time, over 15 years now. At, at the time, I had done a variety of different titles, but I was just coming off an eight-year run with a company that did uh, licensed movie magazines for Star Wars, Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings. And something completely different, yeah. but still in the consumer magazine realm. And I really wanted to have my own magazine. And I, by no means, was you know uh, an outdoorsman or a competitor on par with these gentlemen here. <laughs> oh yeah, I think the word has been is what best describes <laughs> yeah, the two of us, or never was. There was a reason this is the pack filler. Yeah, and not yeah, the exactly. We're the podcast. guys who you've dropped. Well, I was no Grizzly Adams when I started okay. this magazine. Let me just put that. <laughs> And but I was just really interested in in the outdoor scene here in town, and thought this would be a really nice um, a niche, and uh, it just it, it it took off quite nicely. I think there's there Spokane is really underrated as a, underrated as an outdoor destination. I mean the the trails we have, the the climbing crags, yeah. the the access to water where the river, the lakes is kind of unparalleled. None of it is like world changing like the Grand Canyon or anything but what it all is is so easily accessible like no matter no. where you are in the 15 in the city limits you're like 10 or 12 minutes from great climbing riding running you name it yeah you know that's always been kind of one of my bragging points you know and I guess I'm gonna ask you as as this as we progress here about the city about what you know that constant discussion you always hear about the inferiority complex that Spokane apparently possesses um, but come on, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and I, I love I've always loved that fact that you can get on your bike, you can get on your, you know, you can go for a hike, you can go for a short drive, and in 15 minutes you're in the middle of nowhere. You know what I thought was interesting? I believe it was on MSN. I think the other day the top 11 cycling cities in America, and Seattle made number four. Portland, I got to give Portland its props because they made a very workable cycling commute system. But if you look at like a cyclist who likes to get out and actually ride, 
I don't know of anywhere better than Spokane. I mean, you know, to get out and ride, what are you going to ride in Seattle, the Burt Gilman? You yeah. know, I mean, to get a good, solid ride in, you are literally... I was on Dartford the other day, 10 miles in wheat fields and a yeah. slight uphill, nice nice four-mile gradual uphill climb right out of Spokane by myself with no traffic, four minutes from my house. Yeah. And that's just road riding. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the cross-country trails here are, are nuts. You've got the bluff and you've got a whole bunch of other things. If you like, you know, multi-use trails, the Centennial Trail will take you 40-plus miles yeah. this way and that. And then you can get awesome downhill riding over at Beacon Hill and Camp Sakani. That, and if you want a real climb, you can go up Mount Spokane and oh. back. I still want that oh. one ranked. I want a, a, a UCI cycling official to come to Spokane, <laughs> ride that climb, and go, oh, it's this one's be. Yeah, category, uh, it's old, old category. It's you know, Yeah, I think it'd be over because it's a tough. Oh, God. I've heard. I've heard. Oh, man. There's my next, not my next door neighbor, but my neighbor down. He actually chased the tour this year, and he's done it once before, and he was on Tourmalet, and he's ridden Alpe d'Huez. No. Ronnie? He went over there with Ronnie. Um, it's uh, Eric Warden. But okay. he and Ronnie were together. Ronnie Crenshaw, another friend of the show. And uh, he and Eric went over there, and he's ridden Alpe d'Huez. And he says Alpe d'Huez and Mount Spokane, comparable, if not Mount Spokane, tougher. Wow. God. So, oh, my God. I mean, Mount Spokane's tough. I mean, you are not pushing a big gear up Mount Spokane in places. I mean, I don't know yeah. who. Yeah. <laughs> you might be pushing your bike. And yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, t- um, you know, in terms of that, um, the you know, the magazines, is, I'm, it's for free for the for those of us who, who grab it everywhere we go. Oh, I got um, a shout out to Lon at Mountain Goat Outfitters. He was my very first advertiser in no way. Monthly. Yes. You can talk into the mic at him if you want hey, to. Lon, you can say, you say something hi? bad at his expense or something like that. Hi. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes of fame. Up. All right. Um. Mountain Goat Outfitters actually been around for quite a while, and that's some pretty high-quality gear. I mean, you might know a little bit more about it than I do. I'm not much of a climber or anything, but they have some amazing What are your sports stuff. of choice? I mean, if you have some to choose from. Well, I like to play soccer in addition to, to outdoor stuff, but my my both my ACLs have gone, and uh, my doctor— Is that better? When I had my first one go and I had the surgery, he basically said, you need to ride your bike more, and you need to ride it all the time and all over the place. And that is kind of what tipped me over the edge from being— uh, you know, kind of a casual cyclist yeah. to kind of an everyday cyclist. Okay. Okay. Um, now, okay, w- the, that's half of your, your working life. The other half, be working on Spokane City Council, I don't know the time commitment. I can only imagine that it's got to be. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I guess my first description. question would be, what the hell were you thinking? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but what led to this decision? And, and wow, how is that? Well, you know, I, I guess I, I can speak to this to you, Pat, because <laughs> you, we graduated the same yeah. year at Lewis and Clark High School, both been in this town for a very long time. You're in education, and you're giving back with this podcast, yeah. which I think is an awesome addition to our, our cultural scene here. But when you've lived in a town as long as we have, 
you just become you, you start if you love the city that you live in that much you want to you want to be a part of the process of making it the best thing it can be yeah. and everybody contributes in a different way to that and then out there we just kept crossing over into public policy you know we were talking about cycling we had to kind of get into you know bike lanes and road design we yeah. get into climbing we're talking about conservation and outdoor access and preserving our wildland so it all kind of started creeping into more public policy and at, at one point it just kind of became a natural thing to maybe make the full jump to public policy and um i really enjoy it wow uh I, first of all i got a little side note if anybody of our listeners want i have my yearbook at home and john sported the coolest 80s look oh that i couldn't i could not do the hair <laughs> the way john pulled it off was it flock of seagulls no no, it was, it, was, it was like a, a sensitive poet gone bad. Yeah. Oh. God, wow, that was perfect. <laughs> Did he have the, the loop? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. The loop well, coming I, down. It was, it was. You're setting me up because have you seen his? <laughs> oh, it's bad. Mr. Pat. <laughs> I, I know it embarrasses him, but when I talk you know, about it to other cyclists, you can they, there's me. kind of a. A reverence, a kind of an awe. He's he wore a cycling jersey <laughs> which, in his which high school one? yearbook. My high school yearbook picture. I was I was on my bike. But yeah. which one? The I mean, senior which, picture. Yeah, but which which jersey? The Raleigh one. Oh, the the Arrive Raleigh. Yeah, it's a good jersey. I wouldn't screw around. It, yeah. It, see, I think that's aged really nicely. I, I'm a good I'm jersey. impressed. I, I can't you know? I can't bag on that. I think oh, it look God. I think it looks cooler every I year. Think I might still have one of those. <laughs> oh, it's it's bad. It's the, bad. at least you didn't do the blue ones. Remember the royal blue ones? Yeah, they ones? were tight. They were tight. Or the friends Hitachi. don't let friends do. Remember the Hitachi tight. ones that we yeah. had? Oh. Yeah. See, there was a whole cycling scene there in the '80s that I was completely ignorant of. That you were a part of. <laughs> um, my friend Chris Reekin, may yeah. rest in peace. Absolutely, was, uh, Chris. A big part of. There was a lot of uh, folks that were friends of mine at, at LC that were big into that, but I was I was really into soccer and, and and other things, so I wasn't really exposed to it. But that has produced a pretty interesting history of cycling in this town. I understand that was the era yeah. where Lance Armstrong came and roast, rode in uh, road races here. Yeah, we I don't had know a whole if bunch. Lance of did, did he? Lance did. Uh, Lance might not have come, but we had. You know, I was at the Olympic Training Center when those guys were coming in, and that kind of Chris. a thing. So Lance was there. And uh, it just got, it got out of control. I mean, I, it was great. I remember we had racing. two Olympic trials here. You know, longing for those days again. Give me my beverage. This is great. People bring us beer here. Yeah, usually we, we have to reach across the table and you. get them. He's got a image to protect, maybe. That's right. You get one beer and meal. We might make it interesting. Then we hear about the annoying people at the you city know, council I have meetings. To, I have to go to my <laughs> notes here, but kind of on the topic of where we're going with, with the show, I kind of wanted to talk about, especially you know, seeing you that you rode up here on your bike, you commute. Um, I, I just read in this last issue of, of Out There talking about the new campaign to raise awareness of, of traffic rules, of the stick man right. um, uh, concept. And... Um, and I, I, I read about it, it, and one of the articles talked about that animosity between drivers and cyclists and pedestrians that's present, or at least is, is a, it's what's perfect. We just had three cyclists ride by. Um, it seems to be present in the city. Um, what do you, I mean, do you see that? Do you experience it on a regular basis? Is it more than another city? What do you think? Well, I think it's definitely less than other cities. If you look at places like Seattle, even Portland, in Portland, then both those cities have done great stuff. They've also had some pretty tense flare-ups that we've managed to avoid here. Yeah. You'll see some back and forth in the letters to the editor. And there's a lot of, I think, misunderstanding and fear 
and perhaps some misinformation among folks that uh, causes Cyclists some of too, that. though. Huh? Cyclists, too. Oh, both yeah. ways. Yeah. Both ways. But it really isn't as bad here as it is in some places. What, I mean, are, what are some of the flare-ups that you'd, you'd be concerned about that happened in Portland that, that haven't happened in Spokane? Well, there was one time when uh, I think a bus driver attacked a cyclist. Like, they got <laughs> into a fisticuffs uh, over something, and... There was, uh, you know, I had a friend who didn't get his driver's license till he was 40, and he, <laughs> you know, he lived Strike one. He's kind of one of my heroes, and yeah. he, uh... Oops. Was he, he riding uh, all the time, or he just didn't uh, need a book? No, he was a hardcore cyclist. Oh, oh okay, 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 all right, all right. So I'll, I'll it wasn't, the wasn't the way I was thinking, thinking living in Grandma's basement yeah, no, kind of no, guy. But you Mom, said, you, I got to go to the store. You said hero, <laughs> and I went, I oh. remember what Portland was like in the 80s. Yeah. It was, it was Nazi skinheads yeah. and a toxic Willamette River and oh. urban blight. And my friend used to carry around a bike chain with him because he got hassled by cars so often in Portland. And what's amazing to me is there was a collective will in that city to completely change. And they are now lauded as one of the, the cycling capitals of the world. And that's through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and collective effort. And my hat is off to them. But it's inspiring to other cities because however it is now, you can do something to make it different and better. Well, and they're, and they're pretty, I mean, you're looking at a, a different mindset, I think, in Portland. I mean, Portland's different from Spokane. I mean, they even have, what, the largest naked bike ride in the world? Yeah. It's like 9,000 people or We're something We're less naked like here, for sure. Yeah, yeah we, would, we would probably have, Which like, is the, a good thing. the uh, show your ankles <laughs> on, on the bike day or something, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But I mean, you got to give Salt Lake for crying out loud. Sometimes I think we're close. <laughs> I I I would like to say something to John too because it's true. I was riding in I I've, I've been riding up north a lot in rural areas up by Green Bluff and everything. A lot of farmers, no problems. Go right around me, no problems whatsoever. I run into two problem areas, and one okay. of the biggest problem areas, oddly enough, is right by Spokane Falls Community College, and I can't ever figure that out. Interesting. I get going up the hill. I think I get yelled at. Like coming up right up over that that little right. small climb, right? It's about a quarter mile stretch. I've been yelled at almost every time there. And the other place, the wide and one of our podcast shows we talked about that that yeah. wide shoulder on the freeway overpass by Gonzaga. Weirdest two places. People you're, just you're going over the Hamilton Street. Yeah, going over the Hamilton. You Street. ride over that? Yeah. Oh, I don't ride. Well, it's over a that. wide shoulder. It's about a four I foot shoulder. I avoid that like the plague. It's a four foot shoulder. Really? Yeah, it's huge. Why, I-90 why has can't a you ride it? Shoulder. Yeah, it does. But yeah, why not? Hey, I-90 has one of those pesky no bicycle signs. <laughs> you know, it actually, it's a bike route uh, once you get outside the city, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, what else are you going to do? Is that the valley, though? Try to get I mean, out of Coeur d'Alene <laughs> well, outside of the freeway. Well, I think that it hasn't taken hold here in the kind of polarization it has in other cities. And I think that it won't because... I'm personally committed, and I know a lot of folks that are also committed to this whole idea of transportation for human beings. We're not just defined by our mode or our preferred mode. I mean, I own a car. I'm yeah. going to guess that you guys own cars. Absolutely. You probably I own two. walk every once in a while. I take the bus a lot, too, with my kids. You know, I'm all those things at different times. And we need to acknowledge that they all have a great role in a balanced transportation system. There's no need for adversarial um, attitudes because they can all be balanced out together. I remember recently talking to an, an older man um, 
and you know, I, I guess I go stereotype there. Uh, in dealing with, I was I was about to leave for a ride. I was visiting some friends of mine, and I was about to leave for a ride. And I remember talking to him at, at length about cyclists and roads. And he said, "Well, you need to understand that I pay taxes on these roads, and you guys don't." And I just had to look at him because he was. I think he was talking about his tabs or something like that. And right. I was going, um, wait, what? my car's right back <laughs> there. What do, you, what do you say to that? I mean, the, the people don't understand. They think that all of our road repair and pothole filling is paid for by tabs yeah. and gas tax. And not understanding that I have a car. Yeah. Well, and you also, you. I, I'm assuming you don't live outdoors. You live in a house, probably. When when my wife lets me. <laughs> okay, good. That's, yeah. that's pretty much 50-50 it is. But <laughs> it he is. does make a house payment. Yeah. yeah. And if you're living in a house or if you're renting an apartment, you're paying some sort of real estate tax, some sort of property tax, either in your rent or in your mortgage. And more of that tax, as well as sales tax, which everybody pays, no matter how they get around, that is more of the money that's generated for the city to repair and upkeep the roads. And that's, that's everybody pays that. And everybody who has a bike pays that. So it's, 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 it's kind, of a, a, kind of a misnomer. The thing that people don't realize is, is that we do more damage to the road driving our cars than our taxes pay to fix. Yeah. So if, you're, if you own a car, you're paying tabs, you're paying gas tax, you're paying property tax, and you're, say, biking half the time when you're getting around, you're actually doing, you're doing pretty much no damage to the road on a bike compared to a 2,000-pound car. And you're also paying the same amount of tax as somebody who's driving all the time. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's 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 kind of a, a silly thing to try to try to slice and dice. We're all paying for the roads, no matter how we travel on them. Yeah. I, I do have one question. Where's that guy's emissions? muffler? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do have a, a question, and I think this is probably a frustration for cyclists, and probably mm. something you, in your tenure at the city council, cannot fix. Um, because there's I mean, nothing I can't fix. Yeah, well, there's he's nothing. on it now. I can do it. <laughs> Done. I I've been riding, you know, and I love the bike lanes. I love them. The worst though is when you have a bike lane, and this is half a county problem. It's outside of your control. If you have a bike lane that's not clean, because it's almost more important for a bike lane to remain clean oh, than yeah. it is for a road. Or how about clean. where it's only the pavement only goes halfway into the bike lane, yeah. so it makes this wicked little catch area for all the crud to kind of build up the the death spot yes yeah. yes yeah. no those so is there anything that can be done to cleaning bike lanes is there anything that could be is there a tax that you could pay is there oh a way God, you, know, you know is there a way that cyclists more, could support or even become proactive to change that because a bike lane is what a hundred times better than when we were in high school trying to ride there were some of the places i yeah, mean we could ride on division when yeah. we were in high school yeah but it was a little bit of you take your chances. You pay yeah. your money and you take your chances. Yeah. And now it's a lot better because you literally have a bike lane that you know you can get around on. What could cyclists do to be proactive to actually keep them clean? I mean, what, what, what does the city need from the people who use those? That is a really good question, and that's a, you're, you're right. That's a difficult thing to solve. I think the, the problem is, is that we, we do sweep the streets, and our sweet streeping is basically – mostly centered around upkeep for the water system. When we don't sweep the streets, we just end up clogging up our drains and the storm water and, and uh, storm overflow gets to be really problematic when it's jammed with crud. Yeah. So, so our street sweeping is mostly based around that. 
Um, there's a desire. There's always I, I hear it from constituents. Oh, we need more street sweeping, or, or my part of town is it's terrible. It's worse than any other town for that. And you know, I'm sure it's all true. Um, it's just that in our street priorities, as with our whole city priorities, everything's under a lot of pressure right now. What might be good is to try to have the bike lanes taken into consideration when they're making routes and making uh, routes for. Um, uh, for street sweeping. Okay. The, the problem is is that the best place for a lot of times for a bike lane is to be on arterial because arterials go from places that people want to go and to places that people want to go and they're fast and so you to be on them on a bike is the same reason you want to be them on a car and those roads usually get priority for street sweeping and so if a, if a bike lane's on an arterial it's more likely to get swept. Yeah. yeah. Well I was just wondering if there's something that a bike like, how well do designated taxes work? I mean, if there's a designated fund for bikes to keep their, their lanes clean, you know, like maybe just one sweeper that comes through and sweeps the Centennial Trail. Well, or I mean, you justify you know, that in terms of, you know, every bike that gets sold, a dollar goes? or No, or, no know. actually, I'm thinking more of a voluntary fund or something well, that cyclists could do because... Cyclists are going to voluntary donate. You met most cyclists? Racers. You're thinking racers. I'm thinking but, I'm thinking all the cyclists. I know. Uh, you know, a lot of them are going, you know, they're either doing it on a budget issue, they're doing it as a... As a way of their life and usually that way of life is like i got my money i gotta keep it but i i, I don't disagree but what, what i'm saying is is what if everybody throws a buck in let's say we throw yeah. a, you know twenty thousand dollars in the city of spokane and it goes to one guy on a street sweeper to can go and sweep arterials and do just bike lanes i mean yeah. would that ever work you would know, that be or would that be a colossal waste of time and money oh boy it's hard to say that it's an interesting idea it's one that I'd like to look into I it, you know the controversial aspect is how you raise that money and I've yeah. actually gone down that road and it is very uh, divisive especially among cyclists who feel rightfully that they pay more than their fair tax fair share of taxes for the roads but I also feel that cyclists are also probably more likely than other folks to maybe chip in more to keep those roads clean and and of good use because uh, you know a little bit of crud on the side of the road or a big pothole is like more of a life-threatening thing when you're on a bike than it is when you're in a car and i've looked at ways to create you know a mandatory or voluntary fee every time you buy a bike and there's lots of washington state laws that um, make it kind of difficult and it's something i've I've explored a bit but it's hard it's real hard well, we can we can go on to more like naked bike rides now. But I was just curious how that worked because <laughs> I mean, let's talk about naked people riding their bikes through Spokane. How do we make that happen? No. Tom? Oh, okay. It's like a nudist park because the people who ride their bikes naked are not the people you want to see ride their bikes naked. That's probably true. But I, plus, it's not a very attractive naked activity. If you yeah, that's really it. like the worst <laughs> naked activity you could probably come up with. It would. You're hunched over. You're. Yeah, and what if it's cold? I mean, like if you, oh. you certainly don't want to do that in late fall. <laughs> that's a whole other issue you know is there um and i i, I constantly hear about the the concept of a uh, of a master plan i guess the master bike plan yeah what about it tell me <laughs> is it gonna be cool well we already Will we have, have like gas pumps not gas pumps uh, like uh air pumps every 10 miles you know yeah the plan already exists actually it was passed and unanimously by the city council in 2009 and we have it uh, we it's been in the works for years I have a copy of it on poster board sitting in my office, and I look at it often. It's in the process of being revised, tweaked, hopefully improved right now. Um, but it is a 
chapter, a sub-chapter of the comprehensive plan. So it is the official um, planning document for the city of Spokane. Uh, has the chapter on the master bike plan and the BAB, the Bicycle Advisory Board, of which we have a BAB member here tonight. Okay. Um, Yay, BAB. Your uh, name's not what's your BAB. What's your name, sir? Steven's here. Fortunato. Steven Fortunato from the BAB. The BAB. Okay. T- Bicycle Advisory Board. Okay. He, they are the, kind of the stewards of the master bike plan, and that is really the touchstone for city efforts on, on cycling and cycling infrastructure. Well, let, let's let's talk about something. I got to say about Stephen though, he's yeah. sporting a really cool campy hat, you know, retro style here, man. Uh, I have breaking away one of those somewhere. I don't know if I can find it anymore though. I have a lot of cool old caps in my basement. Oh, uh, papa. Yeah, I have uh, a lot of old stuff like that. That's cool, man. Nice. So anyway, I was. I thank you for coming you. out, Stephen. Yeah. Um, I think here's something that that I. Pat doesn't know I'm going to ask this, but I think it's it's perfectly relevant. And it's I'm, there's no really hard questions beyond the naked. <laughs> I bike always ride promise downtown. no hard questions. Yeah, yeah. no but math. There's some things that I think are very complementary to a progressive city, and a progr- and and cycling's one of them. I think cycling for some odd reason works, and it works for a lot of different things. But there's one thing that the city was considering, and I'm curious where it went because it looks like it stalled. Was a water park like for rafters? Right at the bottom. What's a, what's going on with that? Is that a no go? Is that is that a go? Oh, down because, Peaceful Valley down because there. to me, yeah. I think outdoor activities in the in the heart of your city, with and I'm not a, I'm not a kayaker. I'm not a rafter, but I do think that that's complementary to what float. we're shooting for. Is something very outdoorsy and yet urban at the same time? Is that going to happen, or is that a pipe dream, or is it just? I mean, where what's going on with that type of thing and? It hit a big roadblock a couple months ago where one of the that. grants was not extended that would help uh, that would help create the park. Uh, it still needs to get an environmental impact, um, uh, an IES, EIS, in, yes, EIS, environmental <laughs> impact statement. Thank you. Uh, I am an attorney, so I've, I've done those. <laughs> I know. Uh, the acronyms in city council. Yeah. Come um, on. <laughs> and so they, it's, it suffered a bit of a setback, but it has such strong support in the community. I mean, they raised over $200,000 for this. And the Friends of the Falls has, has just been terrific at supporting this. Uh, there's a lot of local businesses that support it. Um, the location that they were looking at, I think it was just a perfect location because it would allow spectators to watch the rafters from uh, the Sandifer Bridge. Uh, and, and like you said, right in the heart of downtown. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a huge thing. It's, it's, it's a lot more modest than people realize. It's a, basically a couple of piles of rocks in the river that create these little play holes that folks can... Hey, Russ. Russ from Wings of Things. Good to see you. Nice. Um, he's got the same helmet I do. That's why I noticed him. <laughs> um, that's right. Sport and the recumbent. Man, I got a whole nother show on recumbent. The one bike that was outlawed from the Tour de France. Yeah. Because <laughs> it looks horrible. <laughs> they, you haven't talked about how efficient they are. We cut yeah, them they, off. Oh, no, they're faster. We well, cut them off. I, I think that I, it's such a good idea, and there's such good support for it. Um, and I think it's really, it's really going to continue on. It just may be slower. The interesting thing is this would be the very first one in the whole state of Washington. So there's oh. a lot of regulatory hurdles. There's a lot of other hurdles. But I think we can get it done. It would be a premier attraction for Spokane, another reason we're just a terrific outdoor town. And um, I've, I've got high hopes that it will still be finished. 
That'd so, be a dream come true. Now, what do you think about that, though? I mean, do you think about, like, do you think things like that are complimentary, like climbing and cycling oh, and all yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. If you're a climber, you can go to Dishman Hills. You can go to uh, Minnehaha. Yeah. You can go to, uh, you know, Riverside State Park. There's Deep so, Creek. Yeah, Deep Creek. There, it's just so close in. I mean, you can't. What other places have that? And you know what? Yeah. You're going to go there right now, and nobody's going to be there. Or there will be, like, one well, other yeah. person there, you know? It's really it's really nice. Yeah. Well, Riverside State Park. And, well, Mount Spokane, if I'm, you know, last time I spoke with somebody up there, it was still rem- known as one of the least used parks in the national park system. What? And it's got so much to offer in terms of our Well, it's so funny that, you, that we talk about it as an ORS category climb when really it's yeah. got one of the best mountain biking trail systems oh, around. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And They're trying to create that cross-country trail from Mount Spokane all the way to Idaho. And oh we reported on it out there a couple of years ago. I'd love to see where those folks are. I just think that's an awesome idea. Correct me if I'm wrong, and this is, uh, I've skied at Mount Spokane since I was a young kid, but, like, is there still B7, B29 wreckage up, up off there that people were finding? I remember seeing well, that. Well, that's not topic. I know, no. but, but it's, <laughs> that, it's that right was, there. That's part of the deal. Is that, that was, like, one of our most popular cover stories last year. I'm still getting email on that. We did a whole cover story really? about, and it's not just one. There are several plane wrecks on yeah. Mount Spokane, and there is still some wreckage up there. Buddy and Holly up there? <laughs> uh, D.B. Cooper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there's some pretty interesting stories. Every once in a while, somebody sends me an email. Yeah, my great-grandfather was in that plane. <laughs> and you can, and, re- you can yeah. hear that voice in the email, yeah. too, when you read it. <laughs> you just, just like, uh, dear Mr. Editor, and I he, was alive. He, he lost the machine gun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> can you find it? Death of the ball turret gunner, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the mountain has that history. I mean, I mean, I've heard other people claim Bigfoot sightings up there, but I... <laughs> I go and make a few tracks every year, but, I mean, that's about it. So, you know, and and I'm going to find a little irony in the the next question here, especially because I'm looking out at this freshly paved road here right beside us. Um, And I don't think you could probably, I mean, I saw it on on your website in terms of one of your goals and your objectives in in terms of our road quality around the area. Um, Man, it... I just think about, you know, when I go in for a drive and now I, I blindly when I'm driving will just. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I know when to swerve because I know when the, the standard potholes are. And um, I just, that's not a complaint. That's, I just, I can't imagine the task getting everything 
taken care of well, would be. It's hard because even if we had unlimited funds, which yeah. we don't, what? and 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 if we were able to do everything that was needed in one year, it would cause gridlock because yeah. we'd have to close down so many streets. But that's really not our problem. Our biggest problem is funding. If you know about how we fund our roads, the big, one of our biggest road repair dollars comes from what we call real estate excise tax. And that tax only gets paid if you buy or sell property. <laughs> so everybody who's bought and sold property in last year, yeah. raise your hand. Yeah, exactly. Really? You've won. Well, thank you, sir. You are helping fix our roads. You fixed that pothole in front of your old house. Now, the rest yeah, of I us enjoyed <laughs> that, too, by the way. That was, that was not a pleasant process. The, the rest of us are slacking because that is where traditionally, for decades, that's where a big chunk of our road repair money has come from. As you know, nobody is buying or selling property now, so that amount of money has just sunk like a stone. So what we've done at the city council, and it's it's been controversial, is we've added what we call the Transportation Benefit District, which is an extra $20 on your license tab fee in the city of Spokane. We take that money and we just apply it to just two things. We apply it to pavement maintenance, which is what you see right here right on Perry Street. This is not a rebuild. This is not one of those big jobs like they did it's in not Second, like Avenue. second. Yeah. No, this is what you call a grind and overlay. And that's where you just, you know, peel off the top layer of pavement, put a new layer down. And the thing is when you do grind and overlay like this and you do it on a timely basis, you can avoid doing the whole road rebuild. Like I don't want to shut all these businesses down on South Perry for two months while we do a rebuild. I would rather be grinding and overlaying every couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what I, that $20 will go for is doing more grind and overlay, doing more pavement maintenance. And we have a citizens committee called the CTAB that will... Um, another nice... Another acronym. Yeah. yeah. A citizens <laughs> no, it's so simple to follow the BAB and the CTAB. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Bab really. C-tab. BAB and CTAB. Do they like get together for a battle royal every now and then? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the Citizens Transportation Advisory Board, and they will help advise us on how to do this. And I think it's, it's a great thing for drivers. It's also a great thing for cyclists because we're going to get more smoother roads. Oh, yeah. And a small portion of that money, maybe oh, about quarter... $250,000 a year will also go to sidewalk repair. So we'll get some pedestrian benefit off that as well. Can I, can I ask you a question on the C-TAB yeah. and, and the BAB for that, for that <laughs> matter? What is the community interest in, those, in serving on those commun- committees? Because they sound like the, if you want to make a difference, everybody talks about like, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to go help kids in Africa. And, and that's awesome. But it sounds to me like you got the C-TAB right there. What is the community interest in being on the C-TAB? I often tell folks that the city just grinds to a complete halt without volunteers. Uh huh. We probably, if you include cops, if you include the neighborhood councils, I mean, we employ about 2,000 people at the city. And that includes utilities, that includes parks, that yeah. includes everything. A lot of we folks. probably have about as many in volunteers. And we depend on those folks so intensely for such a large amount of things. Everything from law enforcement to parks cleanup volunteers to these boards and commissions. As Stephen knows, being on the BAB, it's there's a lot of power there. You get to advise on what the city's policies are going to be relating to whatever that board is. On the CTAB, it's probably even more powerful. We're going to be making decisions on what Sorry, kind Stephen. of... Sorry, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> 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 Great paying gig, right? Yeah, yeah. sorry, Stephen. That's just, <laughs> you're just not as powerful. 
Well, we do have a bad member on CPTAB, though, too. It's kind of a super board because we're pulling from all these other... We're pulling from the PET, the Stevens BAP, really is and the CSAC. Come on, Mr. Snyder. And <laughs> we put them all together on this super committee called the... He's the, like the, the Optimus Prime of committee. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and okay. it transforms into this... Oh, uh, nicely played. This, this awesome uh, community input device where we will get community input on how to pave the streets, like different processes we use, which streets we should prioritize first, how how we should handle the lane markings, a variety of things. And it's 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 so crucial for us because we as policymakers, we need that citizens input and it makes everything we do better. All right. So getting down there, what would you classify in your years of experience? First of all, without out there i think you could probably see this you know and and what the focus of the show is dealing with the out outdoor and athletics and cycling and running and triathlon and random stuff too yeah oh yeah and fart jokes um what do we do well what 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 have you seen that this city does well or that 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 we do that you don't see somewhere else or at least that we emulate somebody what our model is we got base yes nice we do that really well we do have we big whomping bass really we well. Do bass we got really bass. Well. What do you think they're talking about in that car? Do you think they're talking at all? <laughs> they I, love I, I imagine they're probably talking about their last <laughs> book club meeting. They're their talking book about club meeting. They're like, well, I just don't think Jane Eyre really has. They're angry because Harry Potter came to an end. That's it. Well, I just don't think Hermione really loved Ron. <laughs> it's a lie. The marriage is a lie. It's a lie. She had no place to go because she told her parents. I think Hermione's gay. Wow, we jump subjects. All right, sorry. What are we doing well? What do you think we're doing well? I think the neighborhood councils is one thing we're doing really well. Hey, is that John Jonkers over there? That's one of my Should senior writers. speaker towards him? Um, we, can, we can turn it up. I might get feedback, though. Oh. The neighborhood councils is one John. thing we do really well. The, the, they could always be better, and there's lots of ways we could improve them. But I've had other cities call me up for advice on starting neighborhood councils. Okay. And can I you wa- say what cities? Um, yeah, it was it was uh, a guy I want to say like in San Sacramento. Francisco. Oh, Cali- Sacramento, really? Yeah, in California, it was someplace in Sacramento, Sacramento. In, yeah. in in Northern California, they were working on their neighborhood council system, and I guess we've got a pretty good reputation for ours. A lot of that goes back to Sherry Barnard. Yeah, she was a big proponent of this back when still she was is there. still is still is. I mean, yeah. I think Sherry Barnard's still involved, right? She, I see her at events around town. She's she's a wonderful, wonderful lady, and and we're very lucky to have her. Kind of a there. Spokane advocate. She she's great. Yeah, she's great. And the the councils, for example, I I went to I go to the Browns Edition Neighborhood Council, and okay. and I their council is so fun. Like every time they like pass around a question that everybody asks. They they they're handing out awards to their best volunteers. They're organizing one of the best. Helping organize one of the best events in the city, Art Fest and Elk Fest. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there's, there's a, there's a group ethic. They get, they get their meetings done on time. They're just, <laughs> it's just a, it's for me, it's a delight to go. And they're not the only one. There, there are other neighborhood councils that are like that as well. It's just, it's just a delight to go to see these people practicing democracy on a very grassroots level by voicing their concerns, taking action, volunteering, and making things happen right in their direct community. What's the impact you see from the neighborhood councils, though? The impact is that there is a – it functions a couple different ways. It's, a, it's like an early warning system. It's like, it's like, it's like an early radar for yeah. problems that are going to face the council or the sure. city. So that's part of it's helpful. It's also a two-way communication device. We really encourage folks – 
to hear things about the city and voice their concerns from the city in the neighborhood council. There's about, oh, you know, we have we have them all over the city, so they're pretty accessible for people to get to. And if they have a concern, it can come up through the uh, community assembly. Or if we need to communicate to them, like, okay, here's here's something that's going to impact your neighborhood. You've got this road construction coming up or this big new policy at the city. We can go out and talk to them about water rates, about the ombudsman, about what have you, and know that we're reaching folks in the community in a way that we can't just be on Channel 5 every week. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> channel 5. Channel 5. Go Channel 5. <laughs> yeah. You so know that there's a lot of Channel 5 junkies out there. I, I People come up to me and they like they confess that they watch us. And I'm like, hey, that's great. I'm glad you watch. I've that's, spoke. That's because C-SPAN is dark right now, right? I've spoke twice at a city council meeting um, before your well, time. You think you're better than me now? No, I spoke twice. The three <laughs> minutes, you know, the, the ever the the ever minutes, so famous yeah. three minutes. Um, and uh, oh, now it's the famous three minutes. You know, your John, minutes. John knows minutes? what I'm talking about. At the end of is a city council meeting, at the end of a city council meeting, <laughs> anybody can show up. And get their. And three I do minutes mean everybody. Yeah, everybody. Oh. I mean, you can you can bring a dog. <laughs> you literally can bring a dog, and John knows what I'm talking about. And uh, and so you can bring a dog. And I've I've spoke twice at a city council meeting, and really because I was mad about something. And both times the city council reacted. I got calls back from both uh, Steve Corker. I've gotten calls back from a city council member every time I've ever said, you know what, I'm mad. And, and stuff's happened, and I've always been really pleased with my results from that. Um, I think I might handle myself a little differently than other folks, but um, the thing is, it's a fairly interesting issue for you to, to end up on the, the famous three minutes. What is the most annoying thing that you have? <laughs> the most annoying thing that you have... As a city council member, what is what is the part of the job? And and we don't have to go the most. What's annoying the most annoying? Thing. Three minutes? No, no, no. <laughs> what is the most annoying or difficult part of the job that you found that you didn't think you'd have when you got into it? Because right now you you came there from Outdoor Magazine, you know, outdoors and, and out rock there. climbing, and out there, excuse me, out out there magazine, and and right now you're probably more of an expert on on chip seal roads than you'd like to be. <laughs> so. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, what is the most difficult or, or like surprising even? It doesn't have to be annoying. It doesn't have to take a negative slant. But what's the most surprising thing about being on the city council that you found? Well, I have to say the most, I, I suppose the most annoying thing for me is, is how much it pulls me away from my kids. There's, yeah. just, certain, there's wow. just certain things that have to happen on weekday evenings. Um, like tonight is great because my, my son and the family's already in Coeur d'Alene for a soccer practice. It's not a big deal. But there are some times when you've got a crucial neighborhood council meeting that you can't miss. There's an important event that's happening on a weekday night. And it, it happens a lot more than I, than I ever would have anticipated before I joined council. So, that, so that's, that's kind of tough. I've got my kids are 7 and 11. So it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a time that I, I, have, to, I have to split off. So it's brutal. Off. It can it, it can be kind of rough, but they're also they're also what's kind of cool is they're interested in the process in a way that they might not have been. And I talk to them about stuff, try to explain things to them, and and uh, they're you know they're very they're they're real good about it. Yeah. So I asked you earlier about that Spokane inferiority complex issue. Um, Spokane Uberalis, by the way. If what's it called? <laughs> I like I like the way you think. <laughs> Did, I used to I used to get. It's got its own that. name, so it must exist. <laughs> I remember being. Uberalis, isn't that by Coeur d'Alene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the uh, 
I remember being in Seattle about eight years ago and watching some of my Spokane friends get in a fight the cloud room before it went private about Spokane versus Seattle. Oh, and gosh. I remember being in that kind of attitude, you know, just like I was really sensitive when people like, you know, talk crap about Spokane. But now I'm just, you know, I if people don't want to understand how, how good it is here about how great we've got it, I, I can't help them. I yeah. mean, it's. Look at this neighborhood. You know, look at this this city. I was sitting there at, at, at the Association of Washington Cities conference. I was sitting at the convention center, looking out over this floor-to-ceiling picture window on a sunny day, clouds in the sky, blue sky, flowers blooming, river rolling by, and I was going, God, this is this is like so beautiful. It's almost a cliche. Yeah. You know, it's just like we've got a really manageable wonderful one of the best mid-sized cities in the entire United States. Maybe the world. Yeah. That's what I think. And we're, we're poised to do some great stuff. And people who don't understand that or they have an inferiority complex or they, their, their identity is just too tied up and trying to be in the, the absolute coolest possible place, yeah. you know, maybe Spokane will disappoint you a little bit. But I, I love it here, and I think a lot of people do. Well, I just wonder about that because every time I go to Seattle – there's that first five minutes that I go, wow, this is pretty cool. I got a Mariners game. I could just yeah. go to there. And like on a day like today in Seattle when it's sunny and there's no traffic and you pull right into Mariners Stadium and you go watch it, and a, that's a pretty good day. First time I get caught on the 520 bridge, I'm <laughs> furious. <laughs> I am furious. Yeah, and, no. and I have no patience for that. And I lived in the valley, and it literally took me 25 minutes to get to work. Now, granted, it's almost 20 miles away. Um, it took me 25 minutes to get to work. At rush hour. At rush hour. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. At, you know, I mean, I'm getting to work at quarter to eight, and I'm furious. Are you serious? <laughs> you know? I mean, I know people that commute yeah. from Sandpoint to, to live, to work here. I mean, it's a very unique place. Yeah, and we've got know? incredible older neighborhoods. We've got really accessible um, woo, more muffler standards. Yes. <laughs> the emissions, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. It's, <laughs> it's like Rome not built in a day. We haven't had a Harley come by yet, I don't think, have we? We've got I, great schools here. I, you know, Do they count as cyclists? Schools? No, Harleys. Harleys, no. <laughs> there are two wheel brothers. <laughs> they are. Exactly. I've actually done that on rides. Well, and you done don't want to piss off. I've done, the, I've done the wave. A lot of them hey. will wave back to you if you're riding a bike. Do the wave. Just throw the fingers yeah. out there? Yeah, the, 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 really? the little, yeah they'll, they'll wave back. That's nice. Well, you got to figure. I mean, you're taking more chances than they are. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? I know. When they when they rack it 50 or 60, it's a, oh. it's a much different equation. Yeah. That's a different equation. deal. Yeah, I think We're my dad said there. nothing will be left but teeth, hair, and eyeballs all over the concrete. Oh, boy. Everybody said, oh, look, an, an organ donor. Yeah. yeah. I had a motorcycle just a few years ago, but I got rid of it because I, I, I realized it was replacing all my bike trips. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it. I liked having it, but uh, it was it was, it was was more fun to ride. And, yeah. and I, I still have my endorsement on my car and my driver's license in case I want to get one again. Unlimited? But, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. They switched it. So we have a, uh, a one of our segments here that I, I used to call something different, but now I'm just changing it back to the the don't be that guy segment. We always wasn't uh, that a commandment. We like to be no, I'm not doing the commandments oh, okay. anymore because you you compared it too much to our friends over at Velaminati. Well, you and know, I w- and I realized that they're our love friends, from. and I don't want to steal from them. So it's a don't be that guy segment where we Ooh. talk about we on the show we we are equal opportunity offenders. We'll make fun of 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 roadies of of triathletes of runners specific of 
non-runners, of uh, fixed gear guys, of roadies. Of, you mean the guys that like pack up the gear at a concert? No, roadies are the are the guys who uh, probably hang around, us hang around Starbucks in their clip clops. Oh, shoes, those roadies, you know, and stuff like that. You know, who just ride their bikes, their ten thousand dollar bikes, from their basement to the Starbucks and back, and call <laughs> right. that a good day. Yeah, spandex dorks. I'm a spandex dork. I freely and openly admit it. A spork. I just came out. You're a spork. I just came out. (laughs) You are not. Spandex dork. You're not even close to a spandex dork. I'm a poser. No, I got to throw down for Pat on this one. He's he's a long ways from... From but just anyway. riding to Starbucks. But anyway, um, you know, I'm I, sure you guys probably run into, and you know, I, I follow you on Twitter and things like that, where you you report some of the issues where you you know will have bike versus car issues and things like that. Can you think of a don't be that person, especially in terms of of, of cycling advocacy in the city? Um, I'll be honest. I mean, we talk about the FBC guys. We talk about some of the critical mass guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. We had an original concept of the FBC, and I know you do, and I was very impressed with uh, actually what I read from them online. I saw who they were encouraging not to come on their rides. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, and I thought that was very impressive. I thought yeah. because you're, you, you, it is, I mean, are we really going to cast stones at people who drink at the activity they choose to do? You know, my um, beer's empty. By yeah, so's mine. By the All way, right, I'll give you a couple. Don't be that guys. Okay, good. Okay, first one is for cyclists. Yeah, yeah. that is, do not be riding your bike on the sidewalk downtown. I don't think ever. Can you give me an amen? Yeah, amen. I saw a guy. I saw a guy in a fixie, no helmet, no nothing. You know, okay, whatever. He's <laughs> oh, my stereotype brain fine. is starting to kick in. But he he was he was literally doing this kind of like weed among pedestrians uh, right down on Riverside and I'm like yeah my friend what are you thinking you know I mean you're not helping us convinced that the world owes him something right it's actually illegal to do that downtown now granted we have a very challenging downtown for cyclists we have a viaduct and we have a river that make it hard to get around and we have more one-way roads than any city should ever be allowed to have all makes it very difficult for cyclists I think the one part that's really challenging is, is actually the viaduct because so many one-way roads go underneath the yeah. railroad tracks. But it, in the downtown core between the viaduct and the river, it is illegal to ride in the sidewalk. And that's because a, an older lady was killed about 10 years ago by a cyclist running into her and they passed that ordinance. And it just doesn't make sense. I mean, we all know we could have better cycling facilities downtown. Now that we've got the downtown loop, it's better. Could be lots better. But still, downtown is not that bad of a place for cyclists. You can go on just about any street, and it's not that fast. The traffic is, is, is fairly mellow compared to, like, big arterials outside of downtown. There's no reason to be on the sidewalk. So that's my don't be that guy for cyclists. Now, my don't be that guy for drivers is what I call Euro, which is, is, is what Euro, which Euro. is an acronym, which means unearned right-of-way. Ooh, nice. I like it. All right, have Get you him, ever John. come up? Wait, to a, have you ever been? You ever been trying to cross the street? Okay, and you've got a stop sign, and somebody else doesn't, and you're waiting there on your bike, and they like stop in the middle of the street and like wave you through. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Or like, or like you're in a, you're coming out of a driveway, and you're on a four lane road, and somebody stops. And they wa- they're trying to wave you on, even though they have the right of way, not realizing they're creating a blind spot for every other car that's come there. So you're, they're, they're, they're shooing you onto the road yeah. to what might be a death. Come trap. on out, 
Yeah. Imminent doom. And no it, problem. And I, you, know, <laughs> you won't get killed. God bless them. They think Maybe. they're doing you a favor, but they're <laughs> actually like putting you in danger. Yeah. And, and I think as cyclists, we just want to be treated like cars in a lot of ways. We want to. We're, we're trying. It's safer that way. You yeah. want to take the same rules, same roads, same rights, and be treated that way as well. So you row, unearned right away. Little pet peeve of mine. Okay, Here, here's a question for you because this is something I do, and Pat I think does it I'm too. I'm working on all these acronyms. So it's just my Euro C Tab. Ah, I love it. Hey, you know, hey. just Brian, on your way to you the doing? bad meeting, good don't take a Euro. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Ask these guys. In the future, everyone will. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Why are you talking into microphones? Same reason you did. It's it, it. You just want to. You see one, and you're just like <laughs> shiny candy. I want to talk through it. Means someone wants to listen to, to me. Yeah. Look at his awesome banana bike shirt, man. Old oh. school. That's nice. The looking. camera's facing the wrong way. I don't even know if the camera's working right now, but really it says sweet. old school. Either that or I'm getting texts. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I'm getting texts. Well, that's all right. It's probably my wife. House is probably on fire. Again. So. It doesn't say wife. You roll. You. Okay, I like that one too. You had a third one, didn't you? The oh, don't be that. Just those two. I, I can probably come up with ones. It's no, not bad. No, that's, those are no I like that a that's lot. That's not bad at all. I like those that a lot. Too. But the question I had actually was, now, if you're riding along, how do you feel about a, a cyclist that when you're coming up to the stop sign, you impose yourself in the lane so you don't have people squeaking by you? What do you think about that? I, I do that. Yeah, Matter I do fact, too. I ride, you have to. The law yeah. says in the state of Washington, cyclists should ride as far to the right as they as is safe. Yeah. Not as is possible, yeah. <laughs> as is safe. And as soon as I get in a situation, especially downtown, if I feel somebody's buzzing me yeah. or, or I, I don't feel safe, I will move and take up more of the lane and make it harder for people to pass me because I'm not going to you know, go down for somebody else's convenience. Every, almost every road downtown is three, four lanes. Yeah. It's pretty darn easy to pass me. Yeah. yeah. You know? Every time I've, uh, we've said it many times on the show, I would rather ride farther enough out where a car physically has to make a decision to go around yeah. me than to just squeak by and just yeah. clip my shoulder with their. Yeah. their Anytime I've had a mirror. problem, it's been squeaking by. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or yeah. in case of that 40 ouncer that they threw at you, though, but that was different. No way. Oh, he got cl- clipped, baby. You're kidding. <laughs> Glass? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Meant. Well, I mean, I took, I, I lost a little blood, but I, I came out all right, but oh. I deserved it. Um, well, you were fine what? until you spat at him. Yeah, I, I deserved it. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, John, here's what happened. Um, okay. So I'm going up over the, 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 um, Inter, the the overpass on over by Gonzaga yeah. and I'm riding I'm starting my ride right before a GU basketball right game. before a GU uh, basketball for our game. listeners and overseas it's our basketball team it's a basketball team yeah. and so I'm coming up over and these guys yeah f and flip fart and I'm like all right you know <laughs> and flip and, fart you know and and so when they say oh that. it just makes you so mad <laughs> and then I'm like I get up over and I'm like well. Uh, Hello, there you are. You're right at the light because I'm coming down at about right. 3540. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm sitting there going, and, and I made just a really bad choice. I was going to spit on his car. <laughs> and so I was get, gonna, get Make love to the mic. You got to get nice and close to it. For the make love to something for once, Alex. <laughs> oh! Um, <laughs> on you. And so I, 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 uh, I, I pulled up and I knocked on the back of the vehicle. It was a SUV. I'm, I've been saving up the whole way down, 
and uh, I was mad. I was really mad. And, and this is, and I, I actually came clean on another podcast and said this was a mistake. This was stupid. I should not he have is done admitting this. it was no. stupid. Don't try this at home. Do yeah. not ever do this. And I'm like this, and I let go right when he's rolling down the window <laughs> to give me what for. And I, the guy takes a faceful. And I'm like, oh, my word. And then the problem was it wasn't one car full of guys. It was two. And so I, I noticed how you went to the dialect there, too. It was two. It was two. And so then I'm riding real fast. And uh, so I, I blast over wrong way down or one way. And I'm, you know, and I, I, I get and I'm going towards the um, and, and they're like, you're dead. Yeah. And so I'm riding as fast as I can. I'm in a full sprint. And uh, I look behind me. And I actually like let up on my sprint because I'm hitting the Centennial Trail because that's where I finally saw oh, safety. And uh, I'm like, wow, that escalated quickly. And uh, and so <laughs> I, I, I go cranking onto the Centennial Trail and right over my right shoulder comes a 40, full 40, <laughs> hits the what, car. What kind of beer? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is somewhat time. I would guess bull ice. And... Um, <laughs> and uh, and it Yo. just goes, and this is another reason for the alcohol impact zones. Yeah. But uh, um, <laughs> apparently nowhere near GU. It's gone. Yeah. Um, and it hits the car, and it takes a little chunk out of my, my leg. I actually came to the lantern after that and showed Jeff. But, uh, and I'm like, boom, and, I, and then I make the right. At least they didn't hit me. But yeah. it was just one of those things. It was like I was going to show them, and it turned into all kinds of bad news for everybody. Well, I had this thing happen. I ride East Sprague every day. Every day. That's my route to my You're office. Nuts. From an out there office. And it's actually it's it's actually not too bad. You know, I I have every once in a while something happens, but really it's it's fine. And I'm doing the reverse commute too, so it's yeah. not too hard. And the other day I pull up to Sherman, head towards downtown, and I stop the light and fishing through my pockets for something and I hear this guy behind me just like yelling at me like, dude, and you know, Something you should Bill know about Flar, me Flar, yes. Bill, yeah. is your I, uh, property taxes just went up there, jackhole. <laughs> I, you know who I am. I, I am a little bit hearing impaired. I wear hearing aids. Uh, it's called too much use of the Sony Walkman back when we were oh, in junior high. Good time. Compounded with you know too much metal and punk rock when I was yeah. in college, and so I don't hear so great. But I hear this guy behind me, and my 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 default thing is I just ignore it when people yeah. you know I'm just like a sponge. You can, you can just lay it on me. I'm not. I'm gonna tune it out, you know. And so then I notice the car beside me. This woman, she starts like looking at me puzzled and starts kind of barking at me, and 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 I'm like, what? What is it? You know what's going on here? Like, I'm getting it from all sides. And then I finally turn back to the guy behind me, and he's like, your keys. Oh, and I'm looking oh, like, no. oh. <laughs> I fished into my pocket. I dropped my keys in the street. And they weren't yelling at me. They were trying to help me find oh my, my keys. God. Isn't that funny? And I was, I was like, I was like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. At least you didn't turn around. F you. That's right. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't. Because <laughs> Good thing he didn't get a here face Here they were, full. a yeah. bunch of drivers just being super nice. And I really appreciate it. They didn't need wow. to notice that, you know. It was really, it was very cool. And I, I felt... A warm rush of warmth from my fellow Spokenites. I've actually seen that in the rural areas, like up by Wild Rose Prairie. People just go around you. They don't bother you. I mean, they really just, it's like, oh, another cyclist. I mean, they're great. Well, it depends know? on where you are. I mean, I think if the shoulder's going to be too narrow, you're going to get screwed. But I think your Climbing think, can be a problem. Yeah. But I think your story is a little bit of the exception to the rule. I think there's a lot of people would like to see a lot of drama in this yeah. town. But there, I think cyclists have been really good at 
turning the other cheek and not escalating. And I think, you know, the kinds of drivers out there that are hostile and are lame are limited. You know, yeah. it's really there's a lot of folks that, you know, they don't want they don't want the drama. We don't want the drama. We can all get along. And everybody who is on a cycle, a cycle on a bicycle, they're, they're driving, too. So they know what it is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who drive, you know, get on a bike every once in a while. So as long as we can keep people thinking about transportation for human beings, whether you bus, bike, walk, taxi, or like I've seen down on Southeast Boulevard, I see folks with wheelchairs in the bike lanes. Yeah. And I talked to a guy, I pull up to him uh, when I was doing my campaign, and I saw him in the, in the bike lane. And I said, hey, man, how is this bike lane working out for you? I mean, is this okay? Is this good? He's like, oh, yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's so much easier for me to get downtown. I don't have to go up and down the sidewalks. <laughs> because a lot of these handicap access dips are kind of like a road to nowhere. You're a wheelchair guy, and you get up on one of these. You don't know if there's another one waiting for you at the end of the block. You get stuck, and that six inches can be just like a life or death proposition. You can be out of your chair on that so yeah. a lot of times people take the bike lanes and they use it and i think that's great because we really need to be thinking about the disabled as well as everybody else and how we're doing our transportation system well i think the bike lanes should be used by the disabled because if if cars got to go around us i mean we should go around wheelchairs i mean yeah, well, it's not like it's gonna yeah, be a it's parade not like it's a food <laughs> right. chain for yeah that's right i mean they they have every right they're on wheels and they're slower than cars and i think that's an appropriate use Anybody wants to disagree with me, they're welcome to come onto the show. We'd we'd love that. Um, but uh, I think I think absolutely, and what a great use because it's just a flat, straight shot for them. It is. It and is. it's safe. And think about how even with debris problems, sometimes your average sidewalk is a lot more unpredictable. You know, especially in residential areas. You want to see a lot of broken forties? Try your average sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I think what we've learned from all this is there are probably a, a great little percentage, a small percentage of each group that is kind of ruining it for the rest of us yeah. out Myself there. Myself included. Yeah, pick pick your groups. Yeah, just don't spit in a room at <laughs> a car full of college fanatics. <laughs> don't uh, don't and uh, you know by all means don't buy the forty ounces, right? Right, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't buy the big ones. You know, buy the buy the better stuff. You know, so that's <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two <laughs> sides to yeah, every oh, story. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to get into that. This yeah. is your political show. So I do want to actually, you know, we're reaching the time. We told John we'd keep it for an hour. We're over an hour already, so we don't want to drag too Great long. Show. But yeah, um, I want to thank you definitely for your time. I know you probably got kids coming home from soccer right now. I got to head back. I do too. My kids are supposed to order me the pizza across the street, so I'm hoping that's going to happen. But um, thank you for coming on with us. Appreciate it. Um, you can catch him through your your. You do have a site, councilmansnyder.com. Yeah, it's, just, I it's think it uh, is. councilmanjohnsnyder.com. I, yeah. I put my schedule up there. You can see what I'm doing for the week. I, I blog after every council meeting on Tuesday mornings, wow. so you can get a little quick recap of what we've been talking about. Absolutely, and um, of course, out there magazine available anywhere that you want to be cool <laughs> or at the at shop. Least pretend it's you're cool. When's the next exactly. uh, uh, issue coming out for out there? The next one is going to be climbing spots around Spokane and the stories about how they were named. Oh, cool. Oh, very nice. Uh, you know what? I've always written a lot of trails about that and wondering why the trails got those specific Mr. Names John Jonkers, one of my best writers, also works up at Omega Pacific, a local manufacturer of climbing gear right in Airway Heights, is going to write a great piece for us. Awesome. Well, you know what? We're going we're gonna to call that 
the end of a show. Thank you once again. Uh, appreciate it. Everybody, be sure and check us out. Thanks to the Sufferfest. Uh, give us a rating and uh, uh, talk about us on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. Thanks for the thanks for the rating we've been dealing with so far. Thanks you to the Lantern yes. Tavern for having Thank us you here. for the Lantern. Absolutely. Let's hear it for the Lantern. Yeah, if you haven't been here... You blinked because it's a really cool little spot. It's intimate. The long live the baby bars, the small bars. Yeah, we're getting it on the on the camera right now. So thank you to that. Even though my my audio never went in, is that and what's going on? Thanks to our on? cameraman. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Camera person, John. Exactly. So until next time, I'm Pat Bulger. I'm Mark Hudson. This has been the Pack Filler Podcast. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.